Welcome to a very special episode. Very special. Episode of Oaken Bros. Podcast. Are we up to seven now? I'm not counting anymore. We're done counting. I'm just going to say very special. Okay. Every episode is going to be very special. We have the one and only Kevin Hornick. Kevin Hornick. You're supposed to stand up and take a... I forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to reset the mic again. Exactly. So Kevin Hornick... I have one question. Hold I, up before... I want to introduce him. I want to introduce... Please, I want please. to introduce Kevin. I, Kevin. He kind of doesn't need an introduction. It's Kevin Hornick. Kevin Hornick is our uncle. Uncle Bunkle. Kevin Hornick is the CFO of BLS. Kevin Hornick is a god among men. And that's who Kevin Hornick is. And he has a very interesting story. But before we begin, we have to... We got to first talk about what what kevin's about kevin what are your top three meals of all time kevin's a foodie kevin's yes. a foodie he's a cigar guy and he's bourbon scotch guy kevin was ron burgundy the ron burgundy was based off of kevin hornick okay kevin was anchor man Ke- before kevin is before the there was i anchor never man. had the mustache that he had though. no you don't is the um, and the hair either kev is the is it too loud in your ears or you're no, okay it's fine okay it's fine top three meals all time go Guy Savoy in Paris. It was his bistro where he did his uh, sampling. Yeah. Uh, the second, what did you eat there? Oh, it was 12 courses. Yeah. And each course was like two or three bites, but they were amazing. Right. Uh, Daniel, which is Daniel Bertlude's three-star Michelin restaurant in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, one of the best meals I ever had. Ooh. The hell was that? And... Uh, Nathan's uh, hot dogs with French fries <laughs> in Coney Island. So not many people know this about our uncle, about our CFO of BLS, but Kevin is blind. Legally. Um, legal, legally, but not even le- not even like, oh, you know, he has a like, low vision or anything like that. Kevin has a disease. What's your disease called, Ret- Kevin? Retinitis pigmentosa. And I'm blessed with the fact that I'm not just uh, legally blind. I'm actually blind. Um, <laughs> Kevin's also a comedian. Kevin, Kevin actually did stand up with Jerry Seinfeld. Not Jerry Seinfeld, but uh, Larry David. Larry David. Larry there. David. My bad. Tell the story. Tell that joke. And, tell and that. your name. Your name was on a Seinfeld episode, right? Yes. Uh, one tell of the me. first two or three episodes uh, where they were talking about playing at Hornick's house ping pong was part of my stand up routine, which is why I'm not no longer a stand up comic. Was about uh, not being able to see but playing ping pong in my basement. Um, and they used that in uh, the second or third episode of Seinfeld. So if you hear Hornick, that's me. Comedians in limousines to- <laughs> doing <laughs> <Comedians>. podcasts. <laughs> no, limo guys in cars. Limo guys in cars getting coffee. Something. Do you want a coffee, Kevin? No, I'm fine. You sure? Absolutely very comfortable. You don't drink coffee anymore, do you? Don't drink coffee anymore. More drinking tea. So, or bourbon. What? Yes. We should actually have like a bourbon. We should do a bourbon tasting episode. Yeah. That would be great. Kevin would be like the best I don't even guest. have to be part of it. I could just drink the bourbon yeah so kev how have you worked through your disability i want to f- that's like, a great just in, that's a great question working. but let, let's get yeah. that and then you you do yours afterwards how yeah. have you worked through your disability like how, how like because like this is you don't find many oh, you've been here what, now people. five years six years mm-hmm. well i started here about 30 years ago wow. and i did have a lot more vision when i started um but as time goes by i lost most of my vision I have a little vision left. I can see light and dark, and um, I can see certain things on the computer, but I can't read on the computer. Um, I started here part-time after I sold my business. What did you do before? I had hardware stores, and then Home Depot came in to show us how it's really done well, 
and show me how badly I was doing my business. Uh, so I sold my I sold my business, and the guy defaulted um, on payments after one month. And to this day, it's the best deal I ever made in my life. <laughs> so, because um, I got out, you know. Right. They say if you don't like someone, don't wish them misfortune, don't wish them problems, wish them retail. So after, <laughs> right after, right after the hardware business, you started another business. Yeah, I started a Stephen uh, Mark Stockings. Right. I remember fashion, that yes. Fashion Fit by Stephen Mark. Which is who my, is Stephen Mark? Stephen is my son. Um, who's big shout out to Stephen Hornick. Who's now um, uh, 20, 22 years old, just 20, graduated college. 29 <laughs> years old and a lot smarter. And um, What's Stephen doing now? Yeah, he's, he's a lawyer at one of the big uh, white shoe firms. And he's getting, he's getting married. <laughs> he is getting married to a lovely girl named Gabby. Uh, well, yeah. That's yeah. up for debate. No, I'm teasing. No, we love Gabby. We love she's, Gabby. She's great. And um, we're, we're pretty much the same, you know, except for he's uh, taller, thinner, has hair, and a lot smarter than me. But, but besides they like that, the, they like the same food. They like the same booze, the yeah. same sports. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't go to school to be in the limo industry, right? Like that no. was not. You never expected to be in this position, did you? No, actually, I never expected to be here. Um, when after I sold my business, I was opening a new business and using the money that was going to come in from the sale to support my new business. So I started here part time until that happened. 30 years later, I wake up and every day, all I think about is BLS. Yeah. BLS has been great to me. It's given me tremendous opportunities, uh, wonderful staff. I want to mention that Kevin is probably, you know, besides dad, you know, starting it with the, you know, and then mom taking it to that level. I think Kevin's input has been the biggest change in our company. His, gro his growth. Well, Kevin was, changed the facet of the entire company. Well, he, was the f he was the first to go national. So right. he opened up our USA international network. Can you explain how you did that, Kevin? Well, it's even more than that. We were the first to start a company with one single database. There were other companies that were multi-state or multi-locations, but they all had their own databases. We were the first to have one database. A centralized back office system. Mm -hmm. And we were doing that since 1994. How did you know yeah. to do that, though? Coming from hardware, nothing was centralized. To Yeah, how did you come up with the like, back-end system? Yeah, and don't say because you're brilliant. No, it's not because I'm brilliant, but we hired really, really smart people who were ahead of their time. Our first phone system, we had a 54K connection, which um, is a terrible connection, but then it was state-of-the-art with a direct line to our LA office. So all you had to do is punch an extension, and no one could believe you could actually do that at that time. It was just very, very different. Right. Um, back then, when we did our, our billing, we did it on different pieces. We would print New York on yellow paper and LA on blue paper and right. our USA network on green paper so people could distinguish which BLS bill they were getting. Can you imagine still doing that today? No, I can't imagine mailing bills anymore. Everything's you know, automated. Automated. Right. So like basically Kevin Kevin was the first to introduce the computerized back office system in the industry. So before that it was all handwritten. And I don't think that's that's appreciated this day and age how hard it was right. to to actually process work and, and how much more efficient that became. But before that, he, we built a custom system, which was also very hard to do. So we weren't using an off-the-shelf system. And Kevin went in and built a custom process where you had to enter in the job card. And you know it was, it was a very robust system for the time. And then right. I came in and changed everything. 
well, thank God for that. Yeah. Um, we still be sitting there with 28 uh, billing people uh, putting in the bills every day. Right. Um, but things like getting, we were the first to do GDS reservations. When we called up Sabre, and actually it was Apollo, because Apollo was the main GDS system that our travel agents were using, and we told them that we wanted to have uh, an agent book their Apollo reservation when they booked their hotel and their airfare, book a limousine ride, and they thought we were crazy. Uh, today, probably 70 to 80% of our business is all done through GDS, but right. we actually built that system for that, Saturn, and... Um, there was another one that was a much smaller one, which um, I can't recall the there name. There was uh, WorldSpan. WorldSpan was the, yep. third, the third one. Mm-hmm. And we actually had Apollo going right into our database without human interaction. Which yeah, was, we, we did that ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, everyone seemed to copy what we did. Which how did you how did you start the USA network though that well, was well, first I want, I want Kevin don't hold back as far as you know talk about my, my, what my dad thought about it you know yeah. talk, talk, you know talk Does about it, the whole kit and caboodle as to you know uh the, the one I the understand we were on vacation right yeah for Eric me mom we, and dad they were on took vacation us to Europe for the first yeah. time they went yeah. to Europe and um and dad didn't want to do it no your father was very much against opening up a USA network he said it's, we have too much. How what are we going to find What year was this? What year was this? 1993. Wow. Uh, could have been 92. And just think. for your reference, just in case anyone doesn't know, uh, a USA network is where we open up, where we have accounts in, from New York and LA, and then they go and book with us in other cities. So we would then go and farm it out to an operator in Chicago. And and many times now, the, the, the people that we're using in Australia, we were just talking about uh, Vince from CD Limo. What's up? He always comments on our post. Big shout out to CD. That's appreciated. What's up, Vince? Vince was literally one of Kevin's first phone calls when we needed a ride in Australia. That was This is, that bef- was, this is before Google. Yeah. This is before. How did you even find the international affiliates, Kevin? Well, the national ones were difficult um, because what we had to do was we had to order phone books from every every major city in the country, (laughs) and we had walls and walls and walls of phone books. And when someone would call up and say they need a a job in Peoria, we had to find someone in Peoria to do the job. Um, Internationally, we pretty much would call one person who may know somebody else. Back then, when someone book a USA job. Um, they would probably call three days in advance to give you time to find somebody to do the job. Mm-hmm. Today, you'll get a call, you know, you'll get a GDS reservation for a job 15 minutes from now in, in Chicago. It's, no one thinks anymore because it's one, one system and everything's connected. And we have a great group of people who monitor that 24 hours a day and on call and they'll make sure that the cars are on location and the drivers are where they're supposed to be and mm-hmm. doing and it's amazing how seamless it really is right you know i'm i'm always amazed with how where we're at where we're at with it right now i can't wait for another five or ten years of where it's going well, i want to end the i want to end the podcast with you know kevin where do you see this company going i don't want to end it now yeah, I, mean, we'll, I know we're we'll, just we'll starting get, we'll, we'll get it we'll get into that right um kevin do you feel that I don't even want to call it a handicap because I feel you're superhuman that you, you can process so much information. You know, the running joke is, you know, we, we call you rain man in the office because we can give you a calculation and you'll just, you'll have it finished in, in a matter of seconds. Do you feel that if you would have had your eyesight, things would have been different? I don't think so. Um, again, I have, I'm blessed with a great memory and I remember yes. 
you know, when we're doing the financial statements or working with the banks or whatever, I remember what we did three, four, five years ago. And I remember what the numbers were six months ago when, and I'm able to do it, but we are blessed with a great staff. Yes. And if we didn't have a great staff that I could trust, uh, that would take care of things, I couldn't do what I have to do. We have, in my position, it's a fiduciary responsibility. It's a fiduciary responsibility with the accountants, with the taxes, with the banks, and we have to make sure it's accurate. We have to make sure that we meet the numbers that we're supposed to meet. And if we didn't have a great staff of people here who've all been here a long time and um, they care about the business a lot, we couldn't accomplish what we have to accomplish. And these people work tirelessly and they'll stay, you know, they'll stay late. Or, you know, for instance, I was on the phone with the accountants last night at, you know, 10 o'clock at night as we had to finish something up. They do what they have to do because they know how important it is. And luckily for me, I can pretty much remember what things are and, and when I'm occasionally wrong. You know, I'm just well, glad I, he didn't say he wanted to become a professional poker player. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> what, what I think is absolutely amazing and what really, it just, it was perfect timing with everything. Siri or, or Amazon Alexa. Kevin literally, his whole life, writes, is, but right. he writes essays with Siri. And right. I don't think you realize how amazing that is for someone who's, who's visually impaired and he has Siri read the emails to him. And it's such an amazing thing. Like the other day, he, I don't know who you were writing email to, Kevin. I'm like, do you realize what you just did? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how amazing that actually is? Well, I belong to a uh, support group with a bunch of blind people. And I constantly say, we are in a great, it, this is a great time to be blind because right. there's so many options available to you. And considering there's so few um, great TV shows to watch, it's not so bad being blind. <laughs> well, no, but, but you know, like, like uh, audiobooks. Every week, Kevin gives me his phone and I download new audiobooks. Kevin for is him. a voracious reader. He, yeah. he, he plows but through. But he, 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 he reads and, and listens to all of the, new, the newest books out. Right. And it, it's like Kevin said, it's just an amazing time. You certainly wouldn't want to wish this on anybody. But if you happen to be blind, it's an amazing mm -hmm. time because none of these technologies existed and they really help. Kevin, do you remember seeing when you were younger? Sure. And I used to be a voracious reader. There's nothing I used to enjoy more than reading. And I used read, to drive, right? I did drive until Up I hit until a, what age? Uh, 24 and 24. I hit a yellow, a big yellow school bus. Now the school bus had missed the stop sign, but I never saw it until we, it was the school bus's it. fault. We could put that on record. Well, that it school, is bus school bus came out of nowhere. Yeah, school bus. <laughs> but I, I guess, won't you say I didn't see the school bus. That's probably time to give. Right. Driving. But my dad bought you like this big mirror. He yeah. he, he always talked about that, right? Yes. He bought me a big mirror. He taught me how to drive because they said I would never drive. Um, I've been legally blind since you know, I was a little kid. And were you, what were you doing on the floor when my dad first, when my dad saw you? Yeah, well, I was playing, playing um, solitaire. And my dad came into the room and he knocked away all the he knocked away all the cars. He says, "Get your fucking ass up! I'm teaching you how to fucking drive." That's the way my dad used to talk. He was yes. he had a filthy mouth, but that was just his style. And he taught my he taught my uncle how to drive. Right. And I drove for you know from 16, 17 to twenty four. You went to Cuba at one point, right? Um, yeah. To get a surgery. What it was, was an experimental surgery that was probably BS, but um, 
We still know, got to experience Cuba with Mike Rappaport. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Rappaport. Yeah. yeah. Three weeks in Cuba, sitting on the roof of the hospital, drinking rum and smoking Cuban cigars. Is your dream. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> one of the it was one of the best times of my life. Yeah. Yeah. But um even though you went under the knife. Yeah. It was again, I don't know if they did anything that was of any use or not. But people in desperate times do desperate things. I remember as a kid, my mom brought me to uh, Catherine Coleman, uh, who was a faith healer in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And we drove, we took a bus and we drove all night in the bus to get to Pittsburgh to be there in the morning for this faith healing. And um, you do strange things when, you know, when you feel you don't have options. Mm -hmm. I've been part of experiments um, that, Nothing seemed to work, but you know what? There were worse things what in were life. Those, than, what were those like, uh, those computer glasses that you got? Yeah, Kevin? recently, yeah. about a year ago, Kevin got these computer glasses that really helped. It, well, it did something. You saw me and you go, oh my God, you got old. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually um, these glasses called eSight. And uh, my sister, who's the CEO of the company, and my brother um, actually bought them for me as a gift. Stuart Hornick. Stewie. And um, they're, they're amazing. Um, David, David, David was alive when, yes, yeah, yes. right. David, but he, yeah. he never got to see me use them. Which right. Is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but you but, got to see him one last time with those glasses yes, on, which was pretty special. That's crazy. And I was able, and what's nice is it's not, you know, the, the very difficult, they're heavy, they get hot. But, um, the first time I saw it, I, I put them on, I saw my son, uh, Stephen, for probably the first time in about 10, 15 years. And it's amazing. It is really shocking to see how old everyone got. Seriously. Uh, thank God for, I can't see myself because these are pretty big goggles and uh, you don't really see yourself too well. Yeah. But I got to tell you, the rest of the world, they got pretty old. I feel that you've reached an icon status in this industry. When we go to our affiliate parties, uh, big shout out to Alan and Philly, you know, all those guys. Yeah. They worship you, Kevin. They really feel that you are this, I don't want to say godfather, but like, yeah, I mean, this godfather you know, of, he, he, he of the very, industry. He was very forward thinking. Right. Very, very forward thinking. How does it feel to be an icon in this industry? Seriously, because I asked the same question to Phyllis. I don't want to tell you her answer, but you know, you, you're very popular. Were you popular growing up? And, and did you, you know, the idea of like maintain that popularity in our industry, in our small industry? Well, our small industry is is special because if you treat people with respect and you realize that our affiliates throughout the country and throughout the world are really our partners and a lot of other companies treat them as the, their dirt and that's just not fair. Right. We make sure they get paid, they get paid quickly, they get paid fairly. Right. Um, when there's an issue, when there's a problem, we take the fall. We don't tell them that they have to take the fall. Mm -hmm. or, because, or we'll ask them to meet us in the middle. Right, because they have expenses and they have to keep operating and they have to know that if we come to them and say, listen, we need help on this bill for whatever it is. They know that we're not just trying to squeeze extra money out of them. Yeah. One thing I also wanted to talk about was just the dynamic that the three of us have together. Yeah. And I think it's a really it's special it's thing. Powerful. It's, it's a really powerful, it's a really special circumstance that, you know, like, we, we speak to each other multiple times a day. We'll speak to each other at nine o'clock at night. We'll be like, all right, how many reservations did we take in? How many, right. how many rides are we, do we have tomorrow? And we got so good at forecasting. We can forecast within like $100,000 of how much we're going to be doing in the month at the beginning of the month. Right. Like we have such a pulse 
on our company on our company and how we're doing things and and honestly regarding all of the numbers and all the projections and just calculating things kevin taught me all of that right all, all of those well, kevin things. always taught he's us living, math doesn't lie yeah he's a living breathing excel spreadsheet yeah but part of the thing is eric has brought in a lot of different reporting to the company that i couldn't even conceive of us being able to do right that's what amazes me when, when I look and see some of the, the reports that we could generate here for our clients when they need information or for ourselves. We you were can, also doing sales too, Kevin. I was. I used to. You, remember, you brought in the late show? I brought in the late show. There, there were a lot of accounts I used to bring in. I used to go into the city and. Jack um, of all trades. And yep. go to California. And it was, it was wonderful. But that's, I'm past that time. It's, it's now time for, you know, the younger generation to do that because A, no, they're Kevin, better at it. I still want you to do it, Kevin. Yeah, Kev. You just want to get, go to Vegas. Get, get back on, get back on the road. <laughs> you just want to actually to, to all of our to all of our uh, limo buddies and affiliates and friends out there. Uh, Kevin is going to be in Vegas for the uh, chauffeur driven show. Get your February. tickets now <laughs> to, to Kevin's. So, you know, listen, Kevin's we, we, performance. We, we went last year and everyone just kept asking, "Where's Kevin?" Yes, where's Kevin? So we're like, okay, next year Kevin's got to come. So Kevin and I think Stu's coming to that with us as well, right? Yeah. Well, mom. Kevin and Stu, which their brother, they're the three of them are brother and sisters, uh, sister and brothers, sister and brothers. And, uh, they're going out a week before to party. And then and we're going to fucking Disney again. Well, got to go where the kids want to go. Kevin, why don't you come with us to Disney? Yeah. You know what? I'd, why rather, you on Vegas? I, I'd rather go blind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can fix that hump, but I'm bump. No, what hump? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get into where we think the industry is going. Fuck the industry. I want to know where Kevin thinks we're going. Well, you know, Kevin, Kevin's been pretty good at forecasting. There are times where Kevin's he'll botch amazing it. amazing at forecasting if everything goes according to plan. Right. And it never does. You know, no. For the past four months it has. And it's been amazing. Right. Because we've been hitting all of his ridiculous. There were times though. Projections. There were times that if Kevin was on CNBC as our CFO. Our stock would have tanked. Our stock would have just absolutely <laughs> plummeted because Kevin would have been like, oh my God, we're expecting 5,000% growth this month. No, like, <laughs> we didn't even come close to that. <laughs> stock tanks, BLS is full of shit. Mm -hmm. So w where are we going? And then I want to hear as a total, like a cumulative, like where the industry is going. And, and don't mention any competitors. You could no. bash Uber to hell and, you know, that's an easy target. Yeah, that's an easy We were just target. we were just talking about them. We should have had the podcast going in our office. Yeah, we should. So Kevin, where where do you see BLS going? You know that the growth we're opening, you see the sales and expansion. Well, as you guys know, we've been running 20% growth year over year, which is a phenomenal level at our at where we are to continue it. Um but I believe that's even going to go higher because we're picking up new accounts, better, you know, different types of industries where we were so far um, associated with the entertainment industry and production. We're now getting to financial and, you know, private aviation and, and other industries where we never even bothered, we, we never ventured. Right. And, um, Every day you basically come in and you look at new accounts that are opened up and you say, holy shit, how do we get this? Right. Um, well, listen, you know, Hollywood trained us. And, and, if we, and, 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 and if we can drive and service those people, you can drive and service anybody. So that's right. what we found, that if you can handle the Hollywood elite, 
Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is a for forty years, right. right? Not like you know, not like a fifteen-year deal where you know. I love the guys who opened up in LA 15, 18 years ago, and they go, "Oh, we do Hollywood." It's like, bro, you don't do Hollywood in eighteen years. Yeah. You know, mom, dad, and I'm including Kevin on this have had that industry on lockdown. Yeah, well, you know, we are pretty much the number one in every studio. Um, we get the studio from we go from pre-production to production to post-production to publicity to video or streaming right and then the sequels and then yeah there's always sequels <laughs> and now the new the new the new gold rush is content right online right. content and, and we were positioned very well to um to capture that market to, to, to capture a lot of the, the 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 streaming boom where do you see corporate transportation going kevin because you, you've you've seen the waves and our our favorite thing is talking about the competition right yeah. that we love well, you know we you have to be competitive in the industry, industry and there's nothing wrong with healthy healthy competition a travel manager told us that and it changed my life 100 she said competition is good for bls and i'm like holy shit yeah well that's you what they are, teach you, you in are, your you MBA right and it, and it forces yeah. you to, to reinvent and it forces you to think outside the box and it forces you to make things better now I think this should go into, I think corporate travel and I think Uber are directly integrated. I don't think so at all. I do. I do. And my philosophy, I know this is an interview about Kevin, but my philosophy is that um, the cheaper, uh, the, the cheaper black car type services are getting really hammered by, by, by Uber. But what that's doing is it's, it's, it's opening up a larger premium segment to take care of the VIPs, to take care of the money makers, to take care of the, the screamers, the guys that have, um, that need that premium touch transportation that have to be there on time, that need a professional driver, that need those types of services, that a bigger portion of that business is being carved out for companies like us. Kevin, do you concur? I absolutely concur. And Kevin, you don't have to answer it. Eric already answered it. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sorry. Eric. And he did it better than I could have. So. Let, let's take Kevin's name on this podcast and just cross it out and go, I actually, had to, I had to, I had to Eric say that. was answering. I've been wanting to say that for a long time. All right, good. Well, it's on record. Kevin, the top three games that you play in Vegas are? Craps. The craps, craps, and... Um, roulette. You love roulette. No, you play no. blackjack, too. I do, I, well, it's really hard to play blackjack now when you can't really see the cards. Right. Um, I used to love blackjack, but uh, but nothing beats craps. Nothing. And roulette is a stupid game. Even when someone wins on it, it's a stupid game. It's as stupid as bingo. Another stupid game. You might as well just be playing, playing war. Um, <laughs> they have war. War is at Harris. Oh, my God. Yeah. Vegas vacation has come true. The best time. Do you, this is going to sound so terrible to our clients. There was one like on like Fridays, like it was like kind of like slam balls busy and we were just sitting in the office and the three of us would log on to party poker when it was legal. When it was know, legal. When it was, I think when it was gray. It wasn't legal. It was gray in New York. We don't do anything was. illegal at BLS. So we play party poker and we play party early, poker in we'd the all, early 2000s. We'd all join the same room. <laughs> Kevin, I got two queens. He's like, I got, I got two kings. Keep raising them. <laughs> <laughs> those were those were those fun, were fun days. Yeah. 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 And we used to drink. I remember Vinny used to have this vodka he used to come in with, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. This is good times, man. I can't believe back it's been in the Stone Age. back in the Stone Age in Astoria. It is hard to believe where we were and how far we've come. Right. And where we're going. I mean, right. you, you, you're an insider as to what's happening behind the scenes, Kevin. You know, you know the expansion. You know the sales we're trying to get. You know exactly what we're trying to do. Well, it's not just that. It's the people. Um, 100%. When you look at the people who are associated with this company. There are people here, you know, 
20, 30 you know, years. Drivers in Los Angeles, you know, they were talking to one guy. He says, no, I'm a newbie. I'm only here nine years. Um, yep. People come here and they plan on making their career. Even they don't plan on it, they end up making their career here because it's a great place to work. It has a great, um, a great vibe. Uh, we support them. We let people learn. There are very few people ever wake up and say, I want to be in the limousine industry. Uh, that's what well, I want to do. Eric and I did. You, yes, <laughs> we're, you we're did. the oddities. Oh, yeah. But th there are no college courses for this. No. And um, it's a very, very small industry. Um, it wouldn't be around a year on, you know, some of the big, you know, the Fortune 500's books. Uh, so, we, you know, when people come here, you're not Talking necessarily to the getting... Mike, the, Kevin. Sorry. You're not Somebody. necessarily getting the Wharton you know, MBA graduates. Um, hey, I have an MBA. But most of the time I, when those guys... Wharton, but you know, Not from Wharton. But you know what the CW funny Post. thing is? I want to I add something. When those Wharton guys do get involved in the business, it goes all foobar. Right. That's what's happening with a lot of... I don't of, know about that. No, absolutely. When yep. you look at some of our competitors, a lot of these companies... Oh, yeah, that when is they bring on Silicon, When they bring on investor money, right. when, when you bring on... Private equity. When you bring on private equity, when you bring on MBAs, I'm talking real MBAs, as it, opposed to me being a fake MBA, well, yeah, so, you know, semi MBA. Hey, MBA like MBA like. So is Kevin taking over my podcasting position now yeah, because exactly. I'm, I'm the outcast? You know, when when you when you bring in that stuff into this industry, it, it, this business is all about feel and it's all about um, relationships. It's all about service. And when you bring in spreadsheets and when you bring in, it ruins it. It, it just it ruins it when you take out the family style of running things. Yeah, damn right. There's, there's simply there's simply just not enough money. Listen, to in, last in time and when times are bad, you know the Oakland family has put in tremendous amounts of money into this business to keep keep the company viable and to make sure that every we've never missed a paycheck. Every right. single person in this company has gotten paid every single week. Um, never miss a paycheck. Uh, even if even if ownership, we're not taking paychecks. The employees were. Um, but that's our duty. Right. That's right. that's your responsibility. That's your fiduciary duty. When you when you bring in private equity, which is again, I'm not gonna mention competition, but everyone else. Um <laughs> <laughs> look, sure. look, I just want to repeat that. Not I don't want to mention competition, but everyone else. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's a different it's no longer um a one-on-one -on -one connection with your clients, it's now one-on-one -on -one connection with your bankers. Yep. Um, Should put that in the next RFP. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing that line, Kevin. That's really good, Kevin, because it's the truth. Yeah, there are very, very few. You always said, Kevin, you always said, we could stop today. Yeah. We, we, could, could, we could stop today, and we could coast and just do what we have to do. No. Right. We well, don't have what's any... The, what's the fun in that? Right. No, no, I agree. Well, not only that, we've had so many uh, private equity groups come into us and say, let me buy your business, let me buy a share of your business. Um, and it would be enough money that you guys and your mom would never have to work again. But this is more than just a job. It's more than just a career. It's a big part of your life. And it's a... It, it and is our life. And, and, you know, you, it's, it, it goes... You want your children to be part of this and... To keep growing, it goes right into our identity, hundred percent through and through. You know, mm -hmm. when I talk to some of the owners of other, you know, larger limousine services, um, and they talk about their, you know, like, well, I'm really involved with, you know, outside interests or doing outside stuff. Well, listen, if you're involved with 
with more than half your time is involved with outside interests and outside stuff, then your company's got to be lacking and your company can't, can't be holding on to its edge. You have to be there. You have to know what's going on. You have to see on a daily basis who's using you, who's not using you. Um, it's very, yeah, you, if you're an absentee owner, it's, it's very hard to grow. Well, let me ask you a question. The difference now of someone going to play golf, Eric and I love to play golf, right? What's the difference between being an absentee owner and someone that enjoys a pastime? Well, well you have, I mean, listen, you can't eat, breathe and sleep what you do here, but we're, we're 830 last night. We're, we're with the three of us on a call, on a right. call together. Right. Yep. You're going over stuff. And before that call, I'm sure you were on the phone with. LA I was on or, with uh, Scott in LA, right? About yeah. uh, him coming to New York for the convention, right? For his th- that hotel convention. So it does, you know. Part of it is, you know, the best decision, the one decision you guys may have to make may be from the ninth hole of the golf course. Um, but you are in touch every day, and it's not like it was thirty years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. Like. You know, you had to beat your desk 30 years ago yeah, now, to get you something know, like, done. You have your phone. Like I can, li- we can literally run the whole business from an iPhone. Forget about it. If you have a laptop, right? right. You're, you're, you're untouchable. You, were you, you do everything. were you billing from the plane coming back from LA? Did I, did I dream that? Or did you say that I was to on, me? I was logged in. You were logged in? Yeah. Yeah. But you, yeah. Yeah. Listen, seven thirty in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning when, you know, you guys are in Los Angeles, it's seven thirty in New York. It's four thirty in California. I'm on the phone with you and we're, discussing the bank right. I can't do that anymore you know I used to do the bank myself every yes. day when I'm out west Kevin is my alarm clock yes but time you know, to do the bank yeah. <laughs> time to do the bank <laughs> nothing more important than making sure we have money in the bank money's in the bank doesn't matter if we went to bed at midnight four hours before yeah. that was a crazy trip by the way I have advice for you two don't go to LA not sleep for 48 hours and, and then take shot. and take your flu shot okay that's advice for everyone listening to this podcast don't travel not sleep party for 24 hours straight and then take a flu shot the minute you land I don't know what I was thinking mm-hmm. I'm gonna blame I'm blame Sharon no, on this blame Kevin I'll blame Kevin last year I took my flu shot and I still got the flu did you really yeah that was oh that was terrible I never had something so terrible I rem- yeah it was, like, I, it was like in February or something. You got it, was, it? Yeah, before our trip to Vegas last year. Yeah. And um, I was out four days from work, which is the first four days I was out sick in Yeah, I think you came years. in and I told you, Kevin, I'm like, just please, just go home. No, actually, I didn't even come in you, because I was so sick. I knew that if I came in, I'd infect the entire staff and then everyone would be out. But I couldn't move for uh, what time do you, what, what, give us a 24 hour life in the life of Kevin Hornick. What time do you wake up during the weekday? And then we'll do a quick weekend thing and then we'll wrap it up. Like what, what's, what is your day consist of? As of advice from our clients, big shout out to Nick sugars and Kelly Montgomery saying, reduce the fucking time on your podcast. We're already at 35 minutes. So sorry, Nick. Sorry, Kelly. You have have 60 seconds, Kevin. 60 seconds. I got up. Is it boxers or briefs? You're supposed to wear them? <laughs> Commando, baby. Commando, baby. Commando podcast with Kevin Warnick. Go ahead, Kevin. A 24-hour. Yeah, I get up about 5.15 in the morning every day. and um, Take my shower, then decide whether I really have to shave or not. Uh, I don't do this by sight anymore, but I do this by feel. If uh, my hands aren't bloody after I run them across my face, I know don't have to shave yet. Um, that's a sight for sore eyes, a blind man, uh, shaving with a blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't use an electric? No, no. Why? Why don't you use an electric? Because my beard is so tough. Oh, please. It just it's tough. Work. Like tough, like the bourbon he drinks. 
Listen, listen, I'm not like you guys putting Kahlua in my in vodka or anything like that. Kevin introduced me to Blanton's bourbon, and that's the only drink I drink. Oh, Blanton's is great. So you're up at five fifteen. You shower. You kind of shave, and Sometimes, then and, you know watch watch the morning news to find out if is the world still around. And uh, by it six, still is you know, six twenty five. I have a driver who picks me up, and I get a to BLS work. driver. No, no, I have a private guy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bob, who would not listen to this because he doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> I would, it would take me about three weeks to try to explain to him. Kevin, um, speaking to the mic because this is comedy gold right now. <laughs> Kevin, you finally have your shot. Mm-hmm. You're five, 15 minutes of fame. Mm-hmm. So you get into the car with Bob, who doesn't know what a podcast is, and then right. you come to the office. What time do you get to the office? Around 7 in the morning every day. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, the three of us sit down. Yeah, I, I'm first thing at the bank. For the record, I'm here waiting for everybody. Yeah, yes. by three minutes. Which which means he has even less of a life than we do. What time do you get in here? About six fifteen to six thirty. Yeah. No, do you beat Neil or Neil beat you? No, Neil always beats me for some reason. Yeah. Neil is our in-house counsel, and no matter how early I try and get here, Neil always manages. And he he laughs at you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think you were going to beat me today? <laughs> he, he beat Dad a couple times, and our father was up at three o'clock in the morning every single morning. So he said. Yeah. And he was here. So listening, as riveting as it is talking about our sleep schedule, with that, I think we should end it. That well, was amazing. Kevin, you did you much. enjoy that? I had a lot of fun. Did you? We're going to have you on again because we just scratched. We need the to talk more about bourbon, Kevin. What was the uh, best drink you've ever had in your life? Seriously, last question. Okay, best, best drink you've well, ever had there, in your there life. Been two, there have been two. All right, two best uh, drinks in your life. The best, um, the last I had Pappy's bourbon. Whoever drinks bourbon knows Pappy's. Um, at, it was three hundred dollars a glass at uh, Tom Colicchio's for the twenty-one year old Pappy's. And it Tom Colicchio's where in um, Mirage. And that was absolutely amazing. Heritage Steakhouse. Um, I, we, I just want to quickly interject. Stuart, Bill, Eric, and I had the first reservation at Heritage Steakhouse when we went to go for oh, the hearing. Did. That was our. That was, and we ate with Tanya, the host. Right. We had the we had the first reservation, and we met Tom Colicchio that night. That's awesome. So that was second, uh, and the second best was I was with your father also in um, Mirage. So Vegas, and, the two best drinks yeah, of your life. And I was sitting there, and. Um, we were having dinner in the, in the, I don't remember which restaurant it was. We had the fried lobster. I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but, um, your father told the waitress, bring him the best scotch you have. I don't care how much it costs. I mm-hmm. want him to have the best scotch. This was and a stack. No, no. The, we had the fried lobster. There's, uh, Oh my God. I um, the name of this, the restaurant. Onda. Onda, right. Onda was amazing. Lobster Milanese. Yes. And the best lobster ever. And, um, they brought me, I think, like a 30-year-old uh, single malt scotch. It might have been McCallum's. And you melted, basically. Oh, my God, was that delicious. I just didn't want that to end. The problem is then when I drink my regular scotch, which is like a McCallum 15, I feel, oh, that's like horse piss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you still get that if you go to the Mirage? Horse piss, yes, you can get oh, yeah. Horse piss, sure, but that, that 30-year-old scotch? I imagine you can. I don't know... Um, you, I'm, I'm going to have to have that next time we're yeah. in Vegas. Oh, it was when, we, when we go for the limo show. 30-year-old scotch on Kevin, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All the limo guys can come to the uh, yeah. that Italian yeah, restaurant. That $500 a glass of scotch is pretty impressive. Um, Kevin, thank you for being on, man. That was awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Oh, and thank, uh, thank you, guys. Let's go back to our office and talk more. Yeah. Thanks, Peace everybody. Out, guys. Oaken Bros. I'm Eric. That's Michael. That's Kevin. Uncle Bunkle, Kevin Hornick. And uh, later, guys. See ya.